Good morning, everyone. My name is Hassan Akmal. I am the Executive Director of Industry Relations and Career Strategies at Columbia University School of Professional Studies. I am the host of our show, Behind the Scenes, a podcast series which consists of a number of interviews with professionals discussing provocative career-related topics to set the stage for our students. The topic of today's podcast is Demystifying Mentorship. I'm here with Mark Carter, the founder of 180 and creator of Idea Climbing, a system that shows people how to create opportunities by solving problems for other people. His past projects range from running book launches for New York Times best-selling business authors and working with the founder of TED to creating marketing programs for the world's largest improv festival and mentorship programs for startups and college students. Mark and I actually met through networking over time, collaborating together and creating mentorship programs. Mark, your most common themes when speaking to college students are collaboration and mentoring. Why is mentoring so important to you? Tell us, how did you discover it? Mentoring, I, I stumbled across it, and it turns out I was doing it before I even knew that I was doing it. Two weeks before I graduated college, I read a Tony Robbins book, got excited, said, hey, that's what I want to do with my life. So I quit my job. My corporate family was very excited to hear that. Went back to waiting tables, struck it on my own, and just naturally, I figured if I want to learn something and do something, there's genius out there. There's people who've walked the walk. They've done it. I started seeking them out, talking sometimes two, three, four, five people a week and interviewing them with how do they collaborate? How did they find mentors? And over time, I realized instead of just asking questions, you can find people to work with. And it became a 19-year case study. Very nice. Very nice. So a lot of people seem to think that mentoring is the old wise sage on a hill, helping the wide-eyed kid by telling him or her what to do in life. You have a different take on things. Why is that? From day one, after I met with somebody to get advice or an official mentor or otherwise, I left, I took action with what they shared with me, and what they shared with me were stories. It wasn't telling me what to do. It wasn't saying that I should do something. They said, here's how I solve the problem. You might want to. And I realized a really big thing is age doesn't matter either. Anyone can learn from anyone. We all have experiences and genius that other people don't have, and we can share that. And on your side, I mean, we've talked a lot about this. What is mentoring to you? Well, mentoring for me wasn't always the most pleasant experience. Why should I hire you, Mark? (laughs) That was the question my older brother used to ask me when drilling me, drilling me, just drilling me, trying to get me to get me ready for my first job out of UCLA. You know, my first job in my life was, was, was a barista at UC San Diego, one of the hardest jobs I ever had. I remember just lines out the door and just, um, I was the only one, right? So imagine a real busy Starbucks on a Monday morning. You know, so this was really my, my first real job at a UCLA, so he was pretty tough on me. And if I took too long to answer or if it was more than five seconds, he would just walk away and send me off and tell me to come back in two weeks uh, when I was essentially more prepared. So little did I know he was actually mentoring me, right? Um, kind of harsh, but um, for my own good. And some people, I think they don't realize that they're a mentee. Uh, like I didn't. Um, And in fact, some don't realize that they're a mentor, uh, to your point. So mentorship for me really goes both ways. One of my mentors, every single time I see him, he insists on paying and buying me a coffee. Even if it's it's him helping me, right? He always makes it about you. Um, This turned into a friendship of many years, in fact, and he ended up being actually our keynote speaker for, for Career Week. Not only that, he sees me now as a mentor, which I find quite flattering. 
um, whereas before I think it was really a sounding board. Um, something I, I, I did never even pictured happening. It was organic. It was it was genuine, and and that's what really made the mentorship relationship work. Much like my older brother, there was compassion, and there was, I would say, a mutual benefit on both sides. And I think that's what's important. I think a lot of students they expect um, outcomes immediately, and they don't really understand that. Um, they don't even understand what sort of organic really means. Um, so how do you have or, or, or what is a willingness to help without having expectations, right? That's not just about the mentor. It's about you, too. So this is something students and alumni need to realize. You don't want to ask for something. You, you may never want to ask for something, right, uh, especially right away. So if you're not supposed to come into it asking for something and people also need to get something, there needs to be value there, how can students get serious about mentoring? Mark, it's time to get serious about mentoring. <laughs> so it depends on what kind of mentoring you're talking about. Are we talking about digital mentoring? Um, we had a nice panel yesterday on digital identity, and that's a whole different story. But having a great mentor is really a key factor to improving, I'd say, employee engagement among millennials. Right? Millennials planning to stay with their employer for more than five years are twice as likely to have a mentor, 68%. Um, versus sort of 32%, right? So 81% of them are happy with their mentor. And among the millennials planning to leave their employer within two years, only 61% are happy about mentoring that they receive there. And so, um, you know, I think growth and professional development is a big part of why we accept um, a, a job proposition or, 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 or a job offer. Um, so much of it has to do with um, what we're going to get out of it or our professional and I'd say I'd argue our personal growth, right? So it's about career and life vision. So I think what you'll find when you start looking into digital mentoring programs, right, is that they're all meant to, to offer powerful cloud-based tools as a way to enhance and complement human interaction. One, one point I, I didn't make on the digital identity and development um, panel um, that we hosted at Social Media Day is – and I really wanted to to mention this, but um, it escaped me at the time, is that, uh, you know, when it comes to virtual networking, right, it is absolutely not a substitute for face-to-face -face interaction. And I think a lot of students don't realize this. Uh, they, they, they reach out via LinkedIn, and it's not the same. You know, so if you can get a mentorship meeting face-to-face, -face, um, I think it will serve more value in the long run for you. Um, so let's not forget that, right? <laughs> um, the Internet is the Internet, um, and face-to-face, -face, um, there, there is, is a huge amount of, of value in seeing somebody in front of you, um, looking them in the eyes, um, seeing their gestures, and actually just the whole human spirit side of it. So, so when I say digital mentoring, I don't mean managing your talent with algorithms and bots, <laughs> right? I mean mentoring program that can, that can run customizable functions across multiple platforms, generating sort of meaningful analytics, right? We talk a lot about analytics, and allowing for improvements and changes to help you help employees, right? So help me help you, right? Famous Jerry Maguire. Actually, I say this to my team a lot. I was like, that's what it's about. We need students to, to help us help them, right? So help you help employees. But you can't overlook the face-to-face -face human element which is highly underestimated when it comes to relationship building. So why is mentorship so important for students? 
Absolutely critical. In fact, you know, you need multiple mentors. Um, not only do students need it now, but once they enter the workforce, they need to retain it. Uh, Deloitte, I think it was in 2016, did a human capital trends report, and they found that 85% of executives surveyed rated engagement as an important or very important priority for their business. Again, by 2025, 75% of the workforce will be composed of millennials. 81% of this generation is committed to their employer for the long term. And they feel like they can get a great deal out of the employer's, you know, call it an individual development program, but to me, it's I think there's a mentoring program built into that, right? So if you do an individual development program or if, you, if you're talking about performance appraisals or if you're talking about a performance plan, Right there's a development side to that, um, and there has to be people aligned um, as resources to kind of kind of help you get through, you know, point A, point B, point C, goal A, one, two, and three. How are you going to get there? Right. So the, those steps that you outline with your supervisor, um, there's a mentorship component component to that. So front of the pack, quote unquote, companies, right? They're investing in mentoring software now, and mentoring programs. I'd say for good reason, right? And, and this is a sort of a jittery workforce right now, anticipating changes in health care, benefits, interest rates, and, and this is all just, just the beginning. Well, actually, that's what has led me to my definition of mentoring and what it can mean to students, mentors, and companies. What it comes down to, it's advice, support, and connections that can be used to solve problems, not just get advice. To me, a huge misconception is that the mentor just shows up and gives advice. They're responsible for a lot more than that. Just because someone is a genius at building businesses, running Fortune 500 companies, or anything else, doesn't mean that they have a structure and a plan for mentoring, and they need one. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, you, you, well, you say that people need structure and plan regarding mentors, but what do you, I would say? Why do most mentoring programs go wrong? Most mentoring programs treat mentors and mentees like a matchmaking service. They have a few criteria, they put them together, and they essentially say, go forth and do mentoring. Arrange marriage, right? Exactly. <laughs> and with, with, but that's without even the support of the family in an arranged marriage. This is just throw them out and, hey, go do this. And when they get, start doing things, the mentors just think they need to share a few stories. There's no attention paid to where the mentee's vulnerabilities and curiosities lie. There's also no attention paid to the participants and what they're really passionate about and where their strengths are. It inevitably leads to mismatched pairs and a lot of missed opportunities for collaboration on both sides because they're oftentimes also focused on, I'm a marketing major, I only need to talk to marketing people instead of, here's the challenge I'm facing, who should I talk to for this? And most mentoring programs also don't teach participants how to get the most out of their mentoring meetings together. Both mentors and mentees lack the necessary skills and preparation that would have made the experience productive, but instead it turns into a storytelling session. Yeah, so be prepared, right? So just how do you get them? You know, I, I come from a South Asian culture, right? So arranged marriages was something that I, that I, that I, that I, that I obviously heard of growing up. It's not something that, that's celebrated in my family. But, but, you know, I would imagine that you have to be prepared, right? You have oh to be God, prepared yeah. for marriage and things like that. And so, you know, if we were to apply that to mentorship, Right? Where do mentors unintentionally go wrong? I mean, are they are they prepared for those meetings? Are they prepared prepared for that long term? Because mentorship is a long term relationship, right? I just kind of mentioned, you know, one of my mentors, which has now turned into an eight year 
mentorship relationship. Um, so, so why does it go wrong? Where do mentors unintentionally go wrong, right? Why does that happen? The mentor needs to do more than tell great stories, like I mentioned. It's not just, well, let me tell you about me. They need to be able to get to the heart of the matter, sh- find out what's really going wrong, and help the mentee discover what the real problems are and why they're facing them. One example is a mentee showing up and asking to get help with a job search or interviewing. And the mentor needs to find what the real problem is. Is it that they need better networking skills to get that job in the interview in the first place? Do they need interviewing skills because they have too many connections and they have a lot of offers coming their way? Are they confused about what path to take? All three of those are completely different problems, and they all start with, how do I find the job? Sure, sure, exactly. Um, I would say, are they are they confused about which path to take? You know, for example, you know, you know, students come in and they say, ah, Hassan, you know, I'm, I'm debating whether or not I should go and, you know, be in, go into accounting or finance. And for me, those are two very different areas. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all about the dollar amount. So um, sometimes, which is not really what the motivation should be, right? And you've got to kind of walk them back. Um, so what do you see them sort of the reason why they come uh, for a mentorship meeting? What is it? Are they confused? What are they looking to get out of that mentorship meeting? Is, is it that they just want a job? In your experience, what is it mostly about? Most of the time when they're coming in, seeking out mentors or when they're coming into the meeting, they're facing some kind of a problem. I mean, or someone might have told them you need to go, you need to find a mentor or you need to do networking. Whether they know it or not, they're coming because they're facing a problem. They've tried to fix it and it's not working. They need some kind of help. And when they go into those meetings, there's a few things the mentees really or students, they really do need to know is that, they need to know why they're meeting with the mentor, not just, hey, Hassan, I need, I need a mentor for my career. It's a lot deeper than that, and it's definitely not just to get advice. Um, the mentee needs to prepare to take action. That's a huge part that's missed a lot is they hear great stories, they take great notes, but they need to learn something new that they can go and do and change their life after that meeting, something that with, they can measure. Some kind of metric is attached to sure, it. Sure, sure. And they need to follow up and follow through. Many people leave a mentoring meeting and send a thank you email. Since the purpose is action, the mentee needs to do a lot more. They need to follow up with that thank you and share specifically what they learned and what they're going to do with what they learned. Then they need to go do it. The next follow-up is to let the mentor know what action they took, what results were achieved, and then they can ask another question. The key here, though, is they went and did something, not just, hey, Hassan, can we have another mentoring meeting or can I take you out to coffee again? Yeah, I think those are really great, great points you make, Mark. And, and I think I, it's important for the mentor to really understand that an, an often forgotten responsibility is they're not a one-stop shop, right, for all the answers for the student. You know, I think what happens is students get really excited that I got so-and-so as a mentor, and although it might be the, the the senior manager of the NBA that's willing to take time out, uh, they're probably only going to have 15 minutes, and they're probably not going to have all the answers to all of the mentees' questions. And the mentor needs to know when not not when when not to give <laughs> when not not when not not <laughs> when not to give advice, right, Mark? Like you know when uh, they they may it may be in their best interest to point the student in the direction of another mentor or somebody else that can help them or just encourage them to seek out multiple mentors. Right? So they need to, to share experiential advice 
based on what they've personally achieved and worked on. And I think that has that offers a lot of value. Not necessarily book advice or just opinions and not advice sort of anything outside of their area or expertise um, to mislead the student if, if, if they have that sort of limited capacity or whatever it is. Uh, I think, you know, you, you're talking about students could, who could be anywhere from new professionals to experienced professionals, and they could be seeking out a mentor who is 20 years in an industry, right? So there's going to be a disconnect and there's going to be a gap. Um, that particular person, and I've seen this happen many times, hasn't seen a resume in, in 15 years, yeah. right? It's still arguing that objective is is, is needed at the top. And um, if the resume goes to two pages, the whole world ends. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times people insist that a resume cannot be longer than a page. In fact, you know, and I want to, you know, this to go on record, right? In my career of 10 years serving over 5,000 students, um, in multiple times, so if you count the total amount of students and total amount of recruiters that I probably came across, you know, you're looking at probably around 20,000. Um, I've only come across one hiring manager, and of course they were in New York City, <laughs> they, they were a New Yorker, um, who insisted on having a one page resume. Um, every other recruiter, it was all about quality or quantity. Sure, out of out of undergrad, one page resume, absolutely acceptable, right? Because you have limited experience, yeah, of right? But for a two page, you know, for someone in graduate school or someone with multiple years of experience, um, two page resume is perfectly acceptable if it's well done, right? And and, and, and recruiters, we heard it all week. They want to hear about interests. They want to hear about what your passion is. They want to hear more than just the hard skills and things like that in the resume. And so the affiliations and the transferable skills, some of those things become very, very important. Mm -hmm. So back to my point. So, you know, that person, that mentor may not have seen a resume and may be telling the student, hey, your resume needs to be one page and I want the cover letter to be three paragraphs. And they may not have seen what the competition for that student really looks like now. Right now we're having branding statements and resumes are going to be a thing of the past in a couple of years, right? So, um, so I think it's important to to sort of know where to draw the line. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's only so much, and that's where the with the stories, there's only so much advice or opinions they can give. The experiential advice, that's the biggest difference. Is you know what? Here's what I've seen, or maybe it is. This is what I did in my career. You know, keep in mind, this was 20 years ago. Just being open and honest with the story, and that's one of the big things also is that I think a lot of mentors miss the point of I'm the mentor, you're the mentee. And they make that a one-way street. And what they're missing out on, and I see this a lot as far as mentors, if they're older than the college student and in that relationship, what they don't realize is that advice, support, and connections that I mentioned earlier, it's a two-way street. And they, they're missing a ton of opportunities. I know it, it happened with me personally. Once someone I met that had just moved to Chicago, 19 years old, and this is purely just a favor to a friend. You know what? It could have been looked at by me as I'll meet with the kid, I'll help him, whatever. Because we are sharing stories and also pain points, I told him this is what challenge I'm having right now. These are who I'm looking for for clients. First meeting, it turns out he says, actually, that kind of person you're looking for in marketing a close friend and mentor of mine happens to be the chief marketing officer of a Fortune 100 company. Is that who you're looking to talk to? You would never think that, but because I was open to it, it happened. And mentors miss things as far as the advice part. 
for a college student, a college student could give somebody of any age a millennial's perspective. They could give them advice on cross-generational workforces. There's a lot of insights they have that could be used. And for the support side, it's the same thing. If they're building a team and they're wondering how can our senior executives work with our interns or our younger crowd, they can give that support. They can help them find that path for those type of things. And what happened to me was connections. And especially with the age difference, so many people think the mentor is a super connected one. Mm -hmm. The mentor has all the friends and the Rolodex and the mentee can benefit from it. Just like what happened with me. If they're talking, I always tell people if if you're, you know, Mr. or Mrs. CEO talking to a 19 year old college student, keep in mind the next day that college student could be talking to another C suite person, an entrepreneur, a founder of a company that they could introduce you to. Absolutely. And I even had a student ask me, wow, Hassan, 208 industry rep- representatives on campus for Career Week this week. You know, wow, you know, are some of these people your mentors? And I said, yeah, some of them are my mentors actually. Um, you know, relationships for many years and things like that. And I said, but, you know, what, you know, are you paying them? And I said, well, we're not, we're not offering them compensation, but what, what are you offering them? And I said, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Many of them are actually honored to be speaking at an Ivy League institution on a panel. Uh, so, you know, as long as you position it correctly, you know, for them, you're offering them a lot of value and, and, and they'll thank you um, uh, really sincerely afterwards. And, and that's exactly what happened. You know, Mark, I remember you offering something um, uh, in, in Chicago at one of the universities there. I think it was called um, virtual mentoring, right? It was like virtual mentoring office hours. And, and one of the things that you talk about, um, and it was one-on-one, right? It was via Zoom or Skype and in person, I think you yeah. even offered it. And that was something that I thought, you know, many universities could, could benefit, including ours, because uh, we just don't have the 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 tips right the yeah. tricks of the trade uh, we have we have the mentors right and we have a platform the hub you know and we have LinkedIn and and other resources but who's coaching them one on one sure the career design lab team is is is, is giving tips but mm-hmm. you almost feel like you need a private tutor when it comes to mentoring and yeah. so one of the things that you really focused on was that the mentoring relationship is being collaborative and productive rather than just sharing advice. And so most mentees can probably see how the mentor could help them but can't believe that they would actually have something to offer the the mentor, right? Um, And so what are some of the ways that mentees can offer to help their mentors? Like if you were to give them um, some tips before they go into the meeting, right, what would you say? As far as helping the mentor, in addition to helping them with the advice, support, and connections that we spoke about, one thing is – Actually asking them a question and a tactic that works really well, or strategy is a better word, is talking to when they talk to a mentor and they're, maybe they don't have the connections and they don't think that they can help out that way. Be sure to set aside even five minutes of the conversation and don't say, how can I help you? That's so, I mean, if the busier a person is, they, the more ways they have. Like if I just blanket, Hassan, how can I help you? I'm actually making you do work and hurting your I'm brain. Because yeah, there's like, well, I have a hundred <laughs> things you could help me on. Yeah. Pick, pick yeah. one. Yeah. What it is is always find out what project project or projects the mentor is working on and say, you know, what projects or pro- – what are you working on right now? I mean immediately, what are you working on? And I'm just curious. Like I used an example the last story is I'm having a lot of mentoring meetings. I don't even know if I can help you. But what type of people do you need to know? I'm just, I just want to know. So if I meet someone two weeks from now, 
I know who you're looking for. And the project of projects is a phenomenal way that can immediately and quickly lead to collaboration of, Hassan, how can I help you? As opposed to two weeks ago, Hassan, what are you working on right now? Actually, we're about to launch Career Week. Excellent. Do you need volunteers to help with that? Well, yeah, I do. Now, first mentoring meeting, we're collaborating. And in collaboration, doesn't mean that you hired me. There's not a money exchange. You're not getting me a job. I asked, what project are you working on? You told me, and I offered to help. That is so much. That's so missed. Mark, help me help you. Okay. (laughs) No, I like that a lot, actually. And it it, it somehow reminds me of, of being a supervisor, right? If you have an employee that comes to you and says, I need help. Right, I need help with this project. Um, it's very different than somebody coming to you saying, uh, "Hassan, here's what I've tried to do, and this mm. didn't work. And here are some suggested alternatives. Um, would you please, uh, you know, offer some direction? And uh, you know, can I have some assistance?" It's much more solution based, right? And and I think it's a little bit more detail oriented, and it shows that you've done your homework. Same thing applies to mentorship, right? I mean, if I've done research and I know, or I'm interested, you know, in what Mark Carter, what's next for Mark Carter? Right, he's done virtual. He's he's conquered virtual mentorship hours. He's 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 launched programs from from concept to 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 to, to delivery. What's next for Mark Carter? And I know what those are. I could say, hey, perhaps I can align such and such for you. Any closing thoughts for for our listeners, Mark? For me, I'd love to leave it with and as a tangent or adding on to that last story is that. Look at mentoring as opportunities for collaboration. The bring everything full circle. At the end of the day, mentoring me is advice, support, or connections, and that's experiential advice to solve a problem. And you can turn a problem into an opportunity real quick because with if it is a college, I'll stick with college. If college students having a problem, it can just snowball. Or the opportunity becomes, well, I have this excuse to reach out. I can, now I can talk to – instead of Hassan want to have coffee, I can say, hey, Hassan, here's this problem I'm having in my career. I'd like to talk to you. And the end goal, the holy grail, is to look for opportunities to collaborate just like we said. Don't look at it as I'm going to have – I'm going to go get advice. I'm going to talk – I'm going to go talk to Hassan. I mean you could sit with Mark Zuckerberg for three hours and have a great story to tell your friends and some selfies and get a lot of likes on Facebook with it or – Think of that difference as, oh, I'm volunteering at Mark Zuckerberg's event and I'm helping him. Or I'm helping his I, – I worked with Hassan on Career Week, and because of that, he's now referring me to somebody else because I was a great event planner. So look at it as collaboration, opportunities for collaboration, not to get advice and then leave with a great story. Well said, well said. I want to remind everybody that Mark is actually moderating a panel at Career Week 2018 on Friday, February 16th, entitled – the evolution of finding a mentor. So join him. Thank you, Mark, for joining us all the way from Chicago. Thank you to all of our listeners. Our next podcast will be in the fall. Stay tuned, and please send us your ideas for topics. I leave you all with this message. Every single one of you has a purpose. It's developed from your passion. And when one is on point with that purpose, it can help change the world for the better. What's your motivation? Thank you.